Hi, and welcome to Cash Cow, the show where we talk about finance, accounting, investments, and many more. Join me as we travel to the big world of finance, one step at a time. Hello everybody, good evening once again and welcome to Cash Cow. So if you're like me, you like to spend a little bit of time browsing, you know, articles about stocks and great companies, but sometimes you also like to read uh, finance blogs and uh, even sometimes you might hang out on apps like Stockbit or sites like Investlab where you can see all sorts of people talking about stocks and arguing about fundamental analysis and technical analysis, talking about things like limit up, limit down. And uh, if you're Malaysian, you can hear about coding stocks and uh, all the seafoods will be commenting and, and you spend enough time wandering around, you start to wonder what some of these words mean, at least I did. And uh, so today, in this episode of Cash Cow, we're going to pick a few of those terms and we're going to break them down for you. So the next time you go onto these uh, sites like Investla and uh, Stockbit and uh, all this, you'll be able to, you know, um, gel a little bit more. You'll be able to jam with those guys, you'll be able to, you know, talk about limit up and limit down and all this, or at least you'll understand what they're talking about on a base level. So, this might be a two-part episode, I haven't decided yet, but if it is, then welcome to part one. Alright, let's start off with the easy stuff. First term we're going to talk about is something called a bull market. Now, a bull market is a market that's on a rise and where the economy is sound, while a bear market exists in an economy that is receding, where most stocks are declining in value. Now, you would have heard these terms before, if you read any um, market news or the, even the economy uh, news about the economy and all of the bear market, bull market. And uh, this is also where the terms bullish and bearish comes from. If you're bullish towards something, you expect the thing to rise, the price of the thing to rise. For example, if you're bullish towards the price of gold, you will buy gold now because you expect the price of gold to rise in the coming months. Now, a bit of interesting trivia. Uh, the terms bull and bear thought to come from the way each animal attacks its opponents. For example, the bull will thrust his horns up into the air while a bear will swipe downwards as he's attacking his prey. I'm no wildlife expert, and uh, but I've seen you know bulls and bears on uh, National Geographic and Discovery Channel and stuff like that, and um, yeah, it reminds me of this, the way they attack their opponent, their, their prey or whatever. And it reminds me also of the image of the golden bull on Wall Street, where the bull is goring its horns upwards. Anyway, these uh, actions were then related metaphorically to the movement of the market. It's a bit of uh, trivia for you guys. Okay, the next term after bull and bear markets, um, so remember bull is up, bear is down. So the next term we're going to go is day trading. Now you've heard, you've probably heard this term before, day trading. Um, but it has nothing to do with the time of day. It just means that the practice of buying and selling within the same trading day, before the close of, that, of the markets on that day. So these traders are sometimes known as active traders. Um, it means you buy and then you, you, know, you buy a, a thousand lots of one share and then you sell it. And the same day as soon as the price goes up or something like that so i personally never day trade i'm not an active trader um, because my philosophy on investing is more long term but i do know some people who day trade and um, you know you, you there are a lot of famous investors and day traders who do this on a full-time basis and they make a lot of money doing it they, they are successful at what they do they have their techniques and all this but i just don't have the know-how to do that Anyway, if you go online, you can see people like uh, The Humble Trader on YouTube and you can just watch her videos. She's a day, she's a day trader and she'll show you some of the insights on life of a day trader and, and how she does day trading and how it, you know, it, how it looks like and a little bit of that side of the life. So you should check it out on YouTube if you're there, Humble Trader. 
all right now that's day trading active trading the next we're going to talk about something called a lot now lot uh, one lot very simply is 100 shares and this is usually the minimum amount of shares you can buy for example if the share is priced at one ringgit per unit you'll need at least 100 100 ringgit to uh, invest in this share so if you go in like uh, your stock brokerage you'll be able to choose in a number of lots which means if you choose one lot and two lots and three lots it's 100 200 300 shares um, respectively now the next term we're going to talk about is something called an ipo or initial public offering now in very simple terms the ipo is the first sale or offering of a stock to buy a company to the public so this public share issuance allows a company to raise capital from public um, from public investors and uh, get get some capital like for example very recently uh, mr diy went went public they launched the ipo and i think it was uh, i can't remember the price it was maybe one or two ringgit and then it slowed around that range and then it went up a bit yeah but let's not, <laughs> let's not go into that the nitty-gritty of it but yeah it's when a company goes public in other words it, it's also called that going public that's an ipo all right the next term we're going a bit of uh, we went a bit of rapid fire earlier so the next term we're going to talk about is uh, something called a rally r-a-l-l-y so a rally is a rapid increase in the general price level of the market or of the price of a stock so a rally may be contrasted with something called a correction or a market crash which is a rapid or substantial downward move in a short-term price now since we're talking about that a correction is a decline of 10% or more in the price of a security from its most recent peak but it's spread out spread out across uh, days weeks or months whereas a stock market crash is a rapid and often unanticipated drop in stock prices so uh, it might happen in just one day so and and the stock market crash will usually lead to a bear market but bear markets always will become bull markets eventually so um, like tony robbins uh, said yes the tony robbins the inspirational uh, you know who are motivational speaker he says when the stock market starts stumbling it can be a big a bit tempting to abandon ship by selling assets and moving to cash however doing so could be a big mistake you would likely be selling off all your assets at a low right before the market rebounds that's his philosophy on um, on bull markets and bear markets and correction and crashes i think uh, he he has a, a very interesting book called unshakable I forgot a full title but Unshakable if you google Tony Robbins Unshakable and uh, it will come out it's a very interesting book he talks about you know market crashes and how he how his uh, investment philosophy has helped him through recessions and through market and uh, crashes and corrections so you should check it out if you're reading uh, interested in that kind of things and uh, his philosophy is market crash will always happen and correction will will happen every few years or so but the market always rises as a whole eventually that's his take on it and we check out the book if you're interested in that let's move on um let's go into a few more okay sometimes when you're reading on these sites you might some you might see something called limit up limit down um sometimes they abbreviated luld okay so limit up is actually very simply the maximum price cap that a stock can hit during a day or the intraday session the limit up of that day whereas a limit down is opposite the minimum price cap for a stock to drop so let's say the limit uh, the limit up is like um, a certain amount the stock cannot go higher than that for the day so let's go into a little bit of background so each country's rules regarding limit up and limit down will differ a little bit so under bursa malaysia's rules uh, for tr- for stocks which are valued above 1 ringgit i think these are stocks not in the klci but um, yeah 
for stocks that are valued above one ringgit, they have a 30% limit up and limit down, which means uh, they cannot go more than 30% limit up and less than 30%. I mean, more than 30% limit down. So they cannot go above that that percentage cap. And for stocks less than one ringgit, a 30 cent limit up or down is allowed. So uh, this is at, as at um, the most recent time I googled this, which is uh, November 2020. So if you're listening to this later then it, it if it's changed you'd have to refer to the bursa website so the rules differ for new listings uh, they have a different um, weightage of percentage for new listing i don't think it's 30% it's more like uh, much more uh, 400% or something like that but you can go to the bursa malaysia website or just search bursa luld or bursa limit up limit down and you can see the limits on that So each, um, like I mentioned, each country will differ, right? So Singapore is something called a circuit breaker. Um, then their circuit breaker uh, is set to, I think, 10% from the prevailing reference price. But yeah, it's what my what my point here is: uh, limit up and limit down is actually very simply the caps on the top and bottom of a stock movement, and um, it differs from country to country. So why is this a thing? Why do why do why do countries have this and stock markets have this limit up and limit down? Well. very simply it's to prevent excessive volatility it's pre- and a lot of other things like uh, market controlling uh, to prevent the, the possibility of crashes and uh, generally make the market much more stable it prevents free fall of stock for example something that happens that you don't want a stock to just plummet to absolute zero um, so there's a limit cap on all these kind of things so you have a more stable kind of market which is a good thing Uh, some might argue there is some cons to it. I mean, I don't know. Depending on which school of thought you're from, uh, there's a lot of different uh, sides to that coin. But yeah, that's how it is. Okay, next, let's go into the next term. After limit up and limit down, let's go into something that is also divided into two schools of thought: fundamental analysis and technical analysis, otherwise known as uh, FA and TA. You see this abbreviated a lot in all these stock bid websites and Investlar, you know, forums and all. Um, so <clears throat> you've definitely seen this word um, FA and TA. So what do they mean? Well, basically um, FA and TA are two major. They are opposing uh, schools of thought when it comes to approaching the markets. So fundamental analysis evaluates stocks by attempting to measure their intrinsic value. So this school of thought says that price is not equal to value. while technical analysis differs from fundamental analysis in that traders attempt to identify opportunities by looking at statistical trends such as movement in the stock price and volume so the core assumption right for this two um the first one in fundamental analysis you look at all the financial statements the company background trying to understand the intrinsic value of a company because you believe that the price of a stock does not reflect its value and the price of the stock will eventually correct to its true value so you tend to look for companies that are undervalued or overvalued and make your decision accordingly so for example you see a stock uh, so you see a company that is doing really well on its uh, financials and um, you you think that is undervalued its price low, low for that kind of company so you might buy it uh, and later the price will correct you believe that the price will correct to the true value of the company whereas for technical analysis you believe that all of this is already captured in the price all the whatever um, numbers whatever financial reports are already captured in the price and you're just looking forward so you're looking forward and you're trying to understand the chart movements the candlestick you do a lot of candlestick reading uh, candlestick chart reading 
uh, you understand the patterns, trying to read the moving average and stuff like that. So that those are two opposing school of thought, and you can see the difference of one believing that this, the price reflects the value, and one reflect uh, believing that the price does not reflect the value, and you can see how that influences these different schools of thought. So that's fundamental and technical analysis. Um, a brief breakdown. If you want to go into this, it's uh, really. Um, I mean, it's quite deep. You know, you can you can talk for hours for either one of these schools of thought because it goes so deep and and so. Um, I won't say which I advocate, I, but I have not attempted technical analysis. Um, I don't know much about reading the charts and candlestick charts and noticing the patterns and all this. I'm more into reading financial statements and stuff like that. But I know people who do both, um, and they both have equal rates of success. So it's not to say one is better than the other, but there are pros and cons of each. For example, if you believe fundamental analysis. Uh, you believe the financial reports, but then again, as we all know, you can do some accounting mumbo jumbo and make the financial reports uh, d- different than what they seem. You know, there's a lot of companies that do that. For example, Enron was a good example. I mean, the financials were there for all the, the whole world to see, and uh, there was something occurring behind the scenes that no one could detect on the financial statements. So these kind of things. Um, there are pros and cons to both. Um, Yeah, so you can talk for hours for, uh, about this, uh, but that—that's that, definitely—that's uh, uh, essentially what the two schools of thought are. One is uh, the price, and one is saying the price does not match the value, and one says the price matches the value. All right, moving on. So uh, yeah, I, oh yeah, I, I mentioned briefly about Goring stock, right? So whoever is wondering what what the hell I'm talking about, um, Goring stock is actually uh, how do I put this? It's sort of Uh, I would say manipulation of a stock, or you know, trying to make the price of the stock suit your needs. I mean, that is there's no official definition for goring stock because it's a very colloquial term. Um, but it's something that you know it means that you know this person goring the stock. That means you know uh, trying to make the stock move in a direction that they want and uh, insider trading and this and that. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't really Google what is goring stock, or maybe you can. Okay, sorry for that. That was my Google uh, assistant. Uh, for some reason, activated. Anyway, um, there's a lot of terms we haven't touched on, like um, bid and ask and uh, limit order, market order, float, margin account. So many things and uh, you know uh, terms that stock uh, people talk about stocks use. Um, but yeah, this episode is long enough. We're going to reach the 15 minute mark, so I'll either do a part two. Oh, I'm also thinking of talking about it during another episode, which I have planned, which is about opening your brokerage account in Malaysia and buying your first stock. So maybe I can slip in during that episode as well. So let's see when the time comes. Anyway, once again, please do drop your thoughts and any comments you have. Let me know if you know any growing stocks. Uh, until next time, and thank you for your time. Um, thank you for sharing Cash Cow. I know a lot of people have been sharing it, um, and uh, thank you. Thank you for your comments. Uh, thanks for reaching out once in a while and plugging the podcast, you know, to my friends and family. Thank you very much and uh, people I know and all this. So once again, thank you for your time. May your assets ever weigh your liabilities. Until next week, this was Cash Cow and wishing you a good night.